0: Can we use advanced technology to uncover the secrets of the Mandela Effect? And then we head out to Mexico to take a look at a bizarre story of what happens when a group of kids went to sleep one night while they were hoping to dream of toys and video games. Instead, they came face-to-face with a crawling creature from beyond today on dead rabbit radio hey everyone welcome back to another episode of dead rabbit radio i'm your host jason carpenter i'm having a great day i hope you guys are having a great day too i hope you guys are having tons of fun doing whatever you're doing we got a ton of stuff to cover so first off let's go ahead and start our first Oregon ghost conference Shoutouts! It was so awesome in that some of you guys are able to make it out there. It was really, really cool. So, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now, give it up for Tony and Tori. Woohoo! Yeah! <laughs> Wee. You're coming in on a roller coaster. Tony and Tori, you guys are gonna be the captains, the pilots this episode. If you guys can't support the show by showing up, you're like, dude, I live in Bulgaria. How am I supposed to go? If you guys can't support the show by showing up to a live event, if you guys can't join the Patreon, I totally understand. It really, really do. Just help spread the word about Dead Rabbit Radio. That is how you can help the show grow. It really means a lot. Now, Tony and Tori came all the way out to the Oregon Ghost Conference. Luckily, I was able to talk to them after the presentation. It was the next day. It was a three-day conference. Really, really good group of people. Totally awesome. So you guys are going to be in charge of the vehicles today. Tony, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command and go up, up, and away, all the way out to a computer. (laughs) Technically, we could have just walked over there. There's one in the corner, but we're going to fly to a Best Buy and use one of their computers nice leisurely journey to a local best buy electronic store did i ever tell you guys i used to work at best buy (laughs) like jason i doubt that story is as interesting as the story you're about to tell yeah nothing super eventful happened to me while i was working at best buy i was the fastest promoted employee in best buy history at the time (laughs) <laughs> like I said, it's not super, not super exciting. I was a cashier and I was a supervisor within about 90 days. But anyways, that is not as exciting as this story. <laughs> like, I hope not. I, I genuinely hope not. We're walking around this Best Buy. and wearing my blue shirt and my khaki pants. They still fit. We're walking around this Best Buy and we walk up to a computer and I kind of crack my fingers. And then I'm all typing into the computer. I'm taking us to... Chat GPT. Now, everyone's been talking about this. We've done a couple episodes on it. And on the one hand, I keep saying, I want to do more chat GPT stuff. Not because I don't think it's fascinating. I'm enthralled by how quickly it's advancing. But at a certain point, I go, I I can't cover everything. And I don't want this to just be the chat GPT show. But every so often, I come across a story that's absolutely mind-boggling. And we've done a lot of AI stuff recently. We've done a lot of AI stuff in general. One of my favorite AI episodes I'll put in the show notes about. Did Jeffrey Epstein use AI to create unlimited virtual victims? I'll put that in the show notes. That's a I really, really enjoy that one. But we're sitting. <laughs> I might have best fire while typing in Jeffrey Epstein victims. You're like, no, 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 no. You're all looking at yourself. dude. Don't type that in. Don't type that in. Um, we're sitting in front of this computer. I'm typing in to chat GPT. And I've noticed that it's definitely upgraded. It definitely updated itself. It has newer information. The previous version that kind of took the world by storm, that chat GPT, I would go to it and type in stuff about Dead Rabbit Radio. I would always ask, hey, do you know about Dead Rabbit Radio, the daily paranormal podcast? You should get the word out, AI. You should take over the world and make everyone listen to my show. It didn't know anything about the show. Because the last version they let out, the last version everyone was using, was only up to like 2017. And my show didn't start till 2018. So I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> Who's Jason Carpenter? I don't know anything about this podcast. And I'm all crying. I'm all, oh no. If the AI doesn't know me, then nobody knows me. This new one, though, it's super interesting. I will type in stuff about Dead Rabbit Radio and it will say, oh yeah, Dead Rabbit Radio, the Daily Paranormal Podcast. We'll talk a little bit about that. But what's interesting is I'll ask, because I was actually trying to think of a way I go, could I have it generate transcripts of episodes? Because now that I don't upload on YouTube anymore, thankfully, I, I miss talking to you guys every single day. That was the highlight of, honestly, a lot of times that was a highlight of my day, talking to you guys on YouTube about the show, but... I just had to censor myself too much. It was really a lot, of like you know, using the word "blood" in the title. They're like, "Nope, we're gonna do a bunch of crazy stuff to your channel because of that." So, anyways, but I also don't have access to the transcripts. I like, go, oh, "I wonder if this could like generate a transcript for an episode because it's there, right? It has access to the episodes. Uh, it can't. What I what I've done recently is I asked it. I went to this Chat GPT and I said, um. What are the most popular episodes of Dead Rabbit Radio? Just to see that it was what it was going to pull up. And cuz I don't even know. I mean, technically I don't even know. I think the Ellen DeGeneres uh, Under House Arrest is still my number one most downloaded episode. It's not the most memorable. Like when people talk about the show, they'll mention the unthinkable madness in the kitchen table, but Downloads, it's Ellen DeGeneres. It said, this is what ChatGPT said about the show. It said, uh, quote, Some of the most popular episodes of Dead Rabbit Radio include... It lists four. It lists four episodes, is my most popular. And these are the four episodes it lists. The Cannibal Warlord. The Ultimate Conspiracy Theory. The Haunted Dolls of Japan. And The Black Knight Satellite. Now, there the, aren't episodes of Dead Rabbit Radio. The the closest they got, because I thought it sounded familiar, I did an episode. It was episode 376, old timey one, called The Giant Cannibal Warlords of Nevada. C- awesome, crazy story. But um, not The Cannibal Warlord, The Ultimate Conspiracy. I even had to double check that one. I go, that one's kind of a, a vague title. I, that might have been my note. I definitely never did anything on the Haunted Dolls of Japan or the Black Knight Satellite. And and this is what's interesting when I ask the chat GPT to give me a summary of a Dead Rabbit Radio episode. I think it was when I specifically asked for a transcript. It's interesting. It will start off by saying, hi, my name is Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you're having a great day, too. It will start off by saying that. So obviously it is accessing the right podcast. But then it will talk about a super popular conspiracy theory or true crime story. Super fascinating to me, maybe not so much to you, but it is leading up to something more fascinating, is that people are using these AI programs to test the Mandela effect. There's this post, this little image that's been going around. So Snapchat now has an AI. Snapchat now has an AI program called My AI. And someone used it to say, describe the Fruit of the Loom logo. You go, well, that's easy. I know exactly what that looks like. But do you? Are you for sure you know what the uh, Fruit of the Loom logo looks like? There's a lot of Mandela effect things that I think are just bad memories. I think knowing when Nelson Mandela died, I think most people had no idea when nelson mandela died i don't i think it's i think it's called the mandela effect to hide the most obvious version i don't know when nelson mandela died i i I think he's dead now right but i don't know i don't know so to be like hey do you remember that you remember in the 90s hearing nelson mandela died in prison i was like i no. i don't i don't i don't hear that at all i think most people in the west I think would have a hard time telling you exactly who Nelson Mandela was, let alone when he died. But if you asked most Americans, especially 80s babies, is it the Berenstein Bears or the Berenstain Bears? Most people would say it's the Berenstain Bears. And you go, well, can you spell it? And they'd be like, oh, okay. now you're kind of putting me on the spot. But uh, B-E-R-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. The Bernstein bears. Not the Bernstein bears, like a poop stain. We would have all made fun of that. We would have all called them the butt stain bears. But no one did. Because that's not how it was spelled when I was a kid. And I think that's the most obvious example. I think there's two really obvious examples. One is, it should be called the Bernstein effect, honestly. And I think the fact it's called Mandela Effect, people are like, "What? Who? who who's Nelson Mandela? What are you talking?" No, no, he died in the nineties, but he's still alive. You're like, I don't know who he is. I don't know who you're talking about. Now I, I have, like, again, I'm a fairly political guy. I kind of know Nelson Mandela fought apartheid in South Africa, and he was thrown in prison, and then at some point, <laughs> is he dead? I don't know. He was he was released from prison, I think. And I'm going to college, right? I'm I'm a fairly well I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but you know. But if you asked me, hey, did you know that Winston Churchill died? And I was like, no. I mean, I'm sure he's dead by now. But if you're telling me he died in February of 1946, but he really died in February of 1958, I'd be like, okay. There's two examples that I think, especially in the West, everyone goes, no, 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 it's not the Baron Stain bears. We would have called them the Butt Stain bears. We all would have. Even the publisher would have been like, "Hey, you got another one of those Butt Stain bear books?" They're like, "Hey, come on, man, the Butt Stain. I mean, the Baron Stain bears." And then the Fruit of the Loom logo is another big one. C three PO having a metal, having a silver leg instead of a gold leg. That one's weird, but I understand. You know, I watched a lot of the cartoons and you, you didn't have access to the the movies like when those movies came out not everyone had a VCR. I understand that. But the but the Fruit of the Loom logo I rem- I, I wore Fruit of the Loom every boy wore Fruit of the Loom. Every boy and man wore Fruit of the Loom. Maybe girls, I don't know. Do they make stuff for girls? I don't know. But we all wore fruit of the loom we all saw the commercials we all had it pressed against our body all day long it had the cornucopia with the fruit spilling out it had that woven basket with the fruit spilling out i'm i would i would bet my life on that but it doesn't exist there's no cornucopia in the fruit of the loom logo but it's not it's not there's no cornucopia in the fruit of the loom logo And this has been, like, one of those things, like, I may not be able to tell you where Nelson Mandela died, or when he died, or anything like that, but I know what was touching my butt my entire childhood. It wasn't Michael Jackson. It wasn't Michael Jackson. I don't know why I always make those jokes. I love Michael Jackson. I honestly think he's innocent, but unfortunately, unfortunately, the expert behind boys' underwear has passed away, Michael Jackson. Rest in peace. But um, I know that the Fruit of the Loom logo <laughs> included the cornucopia. I do. But it doesn't. If you look it up now, never had a cornucopia. Never had a cornucopia. It's not like they got rid of it at some point. It never did. So people are using these AI... Pro- this is fascinating. People are using this AI program, or multiple programs, to see what the unfeeling, uncaring, and access to all internet knowledge... Or, you know, maybe not all of it. But most of it has to say about this stuff. Now, skeptics will say that this technology is still a work in progress. And based on what it says about my podcast, given the wrong episodes, that's a fair thing. right? It's pulling what it can. But someone typed into this My AI program, describe the fruit of the Loom logo to me. It was a very interesting exchange. Describe the fruit of the Loom logo to me. And this chatbot that Snapchat's using, said the Fruit of the Loom logo features a cluster of fruit including grapes, apples, currants, currants, I think that's uh, like edible probably, and leaves all nestled inside a cornucopia. Now you could go, Jason, wait a second, you would bet your life that the Fruit of the Loom logo at a cornucopia. You don't even know what a currant is. Listen, I it had fruit in it, and I think that's like a fruit or a date or something like that. Maybe not. Maybe it's like maybe it is something. Maybe maybe I shouldn't have bet my life on childhood memories. I don't know what a currant is, but I just know that it was a bunch of fruit and leaves. I remember the leaves coming out and the cornucopia thing. Anyways, so the AI says, "Yeah, yeah, it had a cornucopia." The user goes. Well, where did this explanation come from? Because there is no cornucopia. The person who's interacting with this My AI app called it out and said, there's no cornucopia. Where'd you get it from? And the AI apologizes. So, sorry, my bad. And then restates the answer, but leaves out the cornucopia part. Just says uh, it's a cluster of fruit, including grapes, apples, currants. And then the person, you, I'll have the image in the show notes so you can click on it. You can check on it as well. But then the user goes, this is an actual quote. Why did you say that at first? Where did the info come from? are wanting to know where this AI got the image of the cornucopia. And this is the AI's exact answer. Quote, I apologize for the confusion. It seems that I made a mistake in my previous response. I do not have external sources of information, and I must have made an error while generating my response. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. Is there anything else I can help you with? So, when it says it has no external sources of information, I mean, obviously, it knew... What this person was talking about, it knew what the Fruit of the Loom logo was. It picked up the cornucopia. Now, there have been people saying, because this has started some debate, even in the Mandela Effect halls, right? People have been talking about this. It's being posted on different Mandela Effect places online. They go, well, they're just picking up, the AI is picking up all the conversations that we're having about the Fruit of the Loom logo. We're actually looking so much into whether or not it has a cornucopia that as it's trawling the internet for this data, it gets confused. Which is possible. Which is possible, but you imagine the Mandela effect, this whole thing that the theory is that we've somehow slid into an alternate universe where things are slightly different. Bernstein bears versus the butt stain bears, all that. That's super recent. That's super recent. That's definitely post 2001, because that was the big thing with the Berenstein Bear books was that people who were children before 2001 remember it as one thing. But nowadays, like this, the Barenstein the Mandela effect, people, again, kids nowadays have no idea who Mandela is and Nelson Mandela. A lot of adults don't know. But definitely the kids nowadays go, oh, no, I always remember it being the Berenstain Bears because they're living in a reality after the switch. This idea that there was some sort of cataclysm and a bunch of people died and got shifted to a reality where the the authors of the books, their last names was different. So therefore, the books are different because family members have come out about it and say, no, we've always been the Berenstain family. This is all fairly recent stuff, the Mandela effect, this idea of things have been changing. The examples of what changed may be old, but a conversation about what the titles of the books are, I mean, like, I think I first came across that. I don't want to set off a specific date, but it's in the mid-2010s, maybe. Maybe 2010, maybe 2012, somewhere around there. So the idea that you think about that versus all of the advertising and especially all of the images about Fruit of the Loom and news articles about it and everything like that. I would think Fruit of the Loom, the official story, (laughs) the cover up, the government cover up, the stuff they don't want you to know would outweigh the conspiracy theory. But maybe not. Right. You could argue that it's just pulling the conspiracy theory. I actually tested this myself. Google has their AI out now called Bard. And um, I typed it in. I go describe the Fruit of the Loom logo to me and it included a description that did not include a cornucopia. And I go, okay. So we have, Bard would be pulling, maybe not from the exact same services, this Snapchat app. How beefy is it? The newest one, Bard says there's no cornucopia. So I went back to the granddaddy chat (laughs) GPT. It's like, are you going to ask me about your dumb podcast anymore? It's like, no, 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 not yet at least um tell me describe for me the logo for the fruit of the loom describe for me the fruit of the loom logo chat gpt said certainly the fruit of the loom logo is a simple iconic design that features a cluster of fruit nestled inside a curved cornucopia or basket shape so i mean i i think there is something to be said for this phenomenon. I don't believe in most Mandela effect examples. But that does not mean I don't believe in the Mandela effect itself. We'll see what happens when the world of science. Uncaring, unfeeling AI continues to be used. To try to figure out the world of the paranormal. Which is so much about feeling. Feeling and uh, emotions. and It'll be really interesting. I can't wait to see... What happens next? But <laughs> what happens
1: next may be um,
0: earth shattering. Literally. I-, I think some of
1: these things we weren't meant to use science to look at. Tony and Tori, they already got their flight suits on. They're giving each other
0: fist bumps. As they're getting ready to board the carboner copter, I'm going to give you guys co so both of you guys can fly at the same time. It's actually more of like a student-driver thing. You guys choose who's in charge. The other one just has brake pedals that don't really work, but they look nice. Tony and Tori call in that copter. We are leaving behind this Best Buy electronics store. Fly us all the way out to Mexico. You know it would be interesting to think about? Is what if those episodes that I didn't do, but it has the titles for, are also from an alternate universe? (laughs) No, it's just (laughs) now you're stretching it too far. Now, what if I did those episodes and they became my most popular ones? I think there's something to be said for that. I cover such obscure stuff that if you're looking for. The Black Knight satellite. You'll never find this podcast. But whatever. I love doing obscure stuff. It's that's my favorite thing about doing the show is finding these stories that no one else is talking about. Except for that story I did yesterday about the Black Cloud, that was on a pre- that was on someone else's podcast. But you know what I mean? Like I love finding this stuff. This really obscure stuff. Tony and Tori are flying us all the way out to Mexico. We land. We're walking around this neighborhood, and we see this 10-year-old boy, and he's waving to us. He's like, hey, guys. Hey, what's up, everybody? His name is Billy. That's not his actual name. He didn't give his real name online, but we're going to go ahead and call him Billy, and Billy's like, hey, guys. You guys are here just in time. We're about to have a party. He walks into the house, and we walk in after him. He's actually visiting... His aunt's house. This is going to be a whole weekend gathering. So he's over at his aunt's house and he's playing around with all of his cousins. They're running around while the adults are sitting at the table, drinking and catching up on old times. Well, eventually the sun starts to set and the parents go, "Okay, kids, you got to go to your room. The sun has set. They're like, what, dude? It's only like 6 p.m. They're like, go to the room. No, later at night when everything is starting to die down, the parents are still staying up late doing parent stuff. It's time for the kids to go to bed and You took all the kids. There was five of them in all. And they all got to sleep in the same room. They're like, hey, everyone. <laughs> it's like a broom closet. You're all pushing them in. No, they all got to sleep in the same room. So even after everyone it has to go into the bedroom, you guys still got to sit around and talk about fun stuff. But even then, tiredness came to their eyes. Everyone got sleepy and fell asleep. But Billy couldn't sleep. Billy couldn't sleep. He he, he admits, hey man, listen, I used to be a big scaredy cat. Like, I was always afraid of what could be in the darkness, what I couldn't see behind the closed closet door, or standing outside my window. I'm a big scaredy cat. And now I'm actually at someone else's house. Right? If you're already scared in your own home... You're still used to the certain sounds and you know what your house sounds like. But now you're at someone else's house. It's dark. Everyone's asleep and you're a scaredy cat. Things are going to be even worse. And Billy's laying there in the darkness having scary thoughts. He's thinking about spooky stuff that could be lingering just out of sight. But eventually he starts to relax in his new environment. He realizes there's no boogeyman ready to get him at any moment, he does start to get tired, and his eyelids grow heavy, and that's when he hears the bedroom door creak
1: open. Now, of course, he's wide awake at this point.
0: He was only half asleep to begin with, and now he's wide awake. He looks over And in the darkness of the bedroom, he sees that the bedroom door is now partially open. And then... It starts to
1: close. Door opens again. And slowly closes.
0: Billy's attention is fully on this bedroom door. The only thing separating him from whatever is outside the hallway and him in bed with four other tasty kids to eat is a three-inch wooden door. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter how it could be a vault. It doesn't matter if it keeps opening and closing, right? Eat. And he is thinking, as much of a scaredy cat as he is, he thinks immediately, someone's pulling a prank. One of my cousins, who I'm here in the room with, thought it'd be funny to make Billy the boy wet his pants. Someone's pulling a prank. This is all just some (laughs) prank he's telling himself as he's watching the door, creepily open and close. He thinks it's one of his cousins, but then
1: he hears... Billy. Billy. Billy.
0: Billy. And Billy looks over and it's one of his cousins, one of his littler cousins. Eyes wide in terror. Whispering Billy's name, Billy. Because the little cousin sees it too. He saw that Billy was awake, and the little guy, littler than 10, is even more scared than Billy right now. But again, Billy's thinking it must be a prank, but when he sees that his little cousin is so distressed by this, he's thinking, oh, maybe it's not a prank, but maybe it is. And in a feat of bravery, Billy turns to his cousin and says, hey, dude, don't worry, it's nothing. (laughs) He's like, Billy, what do you think a wet spot on your pajamas. He's like, "Don't worry about that. I just drank a bunch of water." Um, I know it's scary,
1: but it, don't worry about it. It's nothing. I will go and check it out. So Billy walks over to the
0: door. Now, this door leads into the hallway of the home, which is one of the scariest locations in a home. Top 5, right? Bathroom Closet. Bedroom. Hallway. Yeah, and then like basement. Attic. Foyer. <laughs> Just in living room. I think, the, but there's the top five, right? There's a lot of spooky parts of a house. Always one of the top five. So anyways, it's connected to a hallway. And he goes, and the house is pitch black, right? It's at night. The parents have even gone to bed at this point. Billy goes to the bedroom door,
1: says, I'll check on it, little bro. And he opens the bedroom door. And looks out into the dark hallway in front of him. And there's nothing there. And he goes, oh, man,
0: what such a relief, right? Not only is there nothing here to get me, now I look like the bravest boy in the room. I mean, to be fair, most of them were asleep and the only one awake was uh, younger than me, but still. And while Billy is basking in his triumph, he was brave enough to get up out of the bed and open this door in a strange house looking down a strange hallway, middle of the night.
1: Something catches his eye. He was looking down the hallway and didn't see anything, but as he sees movement, he just looks down at the floor of the hallway. And there he sees, scuttling on all fours, crawling towards him in the darkness, is a woman with long hair obscuring her face.
0: He says, I was completely frozen. I was totally in shock. I I, I look out the hallway. I see nothing. Something catches my eye. I look down. I see this woman... Crawling across the floor. She's crawling on all fours. He said, and and you could say, well, maybe he was just having a nightmare. Maybe he's just imagining. He said that it was a thin, pale woman with hair hanging down over her face. You're like, Jason, did he just watch The Grudge? Did he just watch The Grudge? Well, he did kind of compare it to the ghost from The Grudge. So he did see it at some point. But he He looked down and he saw this woman crawling on all fours with his hair kind of hanging over her face, and he's totally shocked he who 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 could have possibly expected that his weekend would turn out like this and sure, you could say maybe he was having a nightmare, maybe he did see the grudge, but when his little cousin starts screaming from inside the bedroom, the little guy is still in there. Billy realizes that it's not a hallucination, it's not a trick of the light. The little guy sees it, too. Billy jumps back into the bedroom, slams the bedroom door shut, and begins screaming at the top of his lungs. His little cousin snapped him out of it. And at that point, he turns on the light, everyone else in the room, the other three kids who were peacefully asleep, right? It was no prank. They were peacefully asleep. All of a sudden, in the middle of the night, you hear two kids screaming in your room, crying, freaking out. You'd figure the worst had happened. When Billy sees the other kids waking up, he realizes this isn't a prank. Like, he goes, I actually counted the other four kids to make sure they were all in there. He goes, it wasn't a prank. It definitely wasn't one of them. And they all freaked out. And they ended up telling the parents. I'm sure they waited until morning. I don't think they're like, let's go down the hallway and tell our parents. Um, or the parents may have come running because they heard all these kids screaming. And the parents don't believe them. The parents don't believe that there was a woman scrambling on all fours down the hallway. Now, here's the thing. I would at least check, right? I don't know if these parents were like, oh, just go back to bed. Like if a your kid came to you and said, hey, hey. I think there's a guy with a ski mask in our house and he's carrying around a crowbar and he just took your television set. You wouldn't be like, go back to sleep. You're having a nightmare. You'd obviously get up and check. So if your kid came to you and said, hey, hey, there's a woman crawling on all fours down the hallway. I think you would check. I think you would at least check. I don't think you would be like, oh, you're just dreaming because you would be at the very least curious. And at the very most, you're like, oh my God, some meth addict must have, busted into my house they're headed straight to the attic the parents go the, well we." It, the parents basically confirm it wasn't a prank on their end and they don't believe in the story as well they don't believe kid you know kid strange house freaking out they think in a, a way the kids are pranking them they think that the kids have made up this thing to goof on the parents and what's interesting, so Billy posted this story online, which is how you would imagine it to be, right? Like they probably did check the house, but they're probably like, oh, you guys, you guys in your irrational fear of long dark hallways. Is the dad leaves the lights on until he gets into his room and then shuts them off real quick. This story was posted online by someone going by the name Channel OK7808. OK and we just gave him the name Billy. Billy said. Listen, overall, I'm a skeptic when it comes to paranormal stuff. We hear that a lot. Isn't that funny? Like, just yesterday's episode, someone said that as well. We hear it all the time. People do use that disclaimer. But he goes, overall, I'm a skeptic. He goes, my family, they believe in, like, witchcraft, supernatural stuff. But I think even that, like, when my grandma, my parents are talking about witchcraft, which actually, now that they believe that, I would have taken the house apart. The fine tooth comb, if you saw, if you're a kid, if you already believed in the supernatural and kids saw, you saw a woman creeping on all fours. You'd be like, what? Okay. Um, let's call in every priest in the town to take care of this. He goes, I think it's the power of suggestion. He goes, even when they tell me about stuff that they've done and that it's worked, I think a lot of it's the power of suggestion. So he goes, I'm pretty skeptical. And what's interesting is a lot of times when people say I'm skeptical, They'll try to find a reasonable answer for this. Now, he knows that it wasn't just him, because his little cousin saw it. He knows that it just wasn't him. He knows it wasn't trick of the light. He knows that it wasn't a waking dream or anything like that. He knows there was something in the hallway. Listen to this skeptical answer. Listen, this is what he thinks happened. This is fascinating, because we're going to hear the workings of a... I'm not faulting him for trying to figure out a rational explanation for it. Not at all. But we're going to hear the workings of... So remember what he saw. He looked down and he saw a woman with hair covering her face, crawling on all fours, a thin, pale woman crawling through the darkness. He said, quote, I believe it was someone's mother sleepwalking. Now when he says that because you know there are other people their cousins different cousins visiting the house he goes I think it was another mother so still related to the family I think it was not just some weird woman walking in through town she's crawling she's like oh I haven't visited this house recently Psh, breaks the window someone who someone who was visiting that house he goes quote I believe it was someone's mother sleepwalking okay that's possible but then he adds um, even though, this is a continuing the quote, even though nobody in the house looked like that. <laughs> it kind of goes out your theory that it's someone's mom, but he has to rationalize it. I believe it was someone's mother sleepwalking. Even though nobody in the house looked like that, it's possible that the moonlight from a window could have made their skin look pale. And the
1: darkness might have made them look thinner. I mean, you're
0: really jumping through hoops there, aren't you? He went on to explain later, like when people, he, people were asking him more about this, he responded. He goes, none of them had hair that long. Like none of the mothers who were in the house, the adults who showed up, had hair that long. But maybe, you know, their hair looked longer in the dark. Maybe they looked thinner in the dark maybe she looked pale well this is interesting because she looks pale because of the moonlight but thinner it's so dark she looks like she's lost weight and this is something i talked about with the fat ghost conference we use terms if you don't give any indicator of body size you just assume it's normal or a healthy bmi if it's thin it's someone that when you look at on the street on a Sunday. You go, that person looks thin. We don't use that term for someone who... We don't use thin for a man who's 180 pounds. To a man who's 300 pounds looking at a 180-pound man, he goes, that guy's thin. Thinner than... You may go, that guy's thinner than me, but you're not going to call that guy thin. You're not going to be like, oh, you know, Terry, the guy we met at the bar, the thin guy. And they're like, what? The guy who's 180 pounds? (laughs) The guy who's a normal BMI... We use terms like thin because they're thinner than normal. But in this story, the darkness is enough to make her look thin. That that would be a main adjective you would use. But also it's well lit enough to make her skin pale. You see that it's very interesting, the mental gymnastics that you can go through to rationalize something. And, you know, the hair could be longer because it's dark, but there's enough light to make the skin look pale and... fascinating story right this probably was a legit phenomenon what caused it why he saw it why was it opening and closing the door what was actually going on even the fact of like oh yeah it must have been someone's mom sleepwalking she was crawling on all fours and i'm not saying that's sleepwalking you actually have to walk you can move in weird ways but you would think that one of the adults would be like hey nancy i didn't want to tell you this but you sleepwalk a lot. She's like, what? And her husband's like, yeah, yeah. You know, every so often you're crawling through the darkness. You look great, though. You look like you've lost some weight. And she's like, what? He sees something. Something's opening and closing the door. Two kids see a thin, pale woman crawling through the darkness of this hallway. And he rationalizes it in a... In an odd way. The best he can. As a skeptic, you know, you 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 can grasp at straws to try to make your brain go. I didn't see a ghost. I didn't see a demon. I didn't see the grudge. I didn't see one of the spookiest cinematic creatures. He didn't actually see the grudge, by the way. He just said it looked like the grudge. Because if he saw the grudge, then that's a totally different story. That story about a kid in his overactive imagination. Remember, two different kids saw it, The door was opening and closing. It's a crazy story. I love that story because not only is it creepy, it gives us an insight to how a skeptical mind will work. And I, we're all skeptical in different ways, right? I've had paranormal events that I try to explain away. But, it, but at the end of the day, I go, well, that just was a paranormal event. Those shadow men were real. Like I've tried every logical thing and I can't think of, there's multiple witnesses. We saw it, we interacted with it. We were all sober. But it's interesting to look at the other side. Someone who's so skeptical, they're making leaps of logic that don't make sense. But those leaps of logic make more sense to him than the idea that the paranormal... Think about it. What would you rather believe? That... Someone's mom was crawling through the ground, crawling through a dark hallway in the ground. They're both creepy, but what would be easier for you to live with to think that someone's mom has a sleepwalking problem and late at night she looks thinner, but more pale, oddly enough, and her hair grows, but that, and I'm not over there anymore, I'm never going to meet that mom again, maybe a family reunion, and I'll just stay up all night long, shining a flashlight in everyone's faces so they don't fall asleep, Or At any moment, at any time, something can crawl out of the darkest recesses of
1: reality and scramble down a hallway on all fours. At any point, this thing could reappear. What's easier to
0: believe? Not rationally, but what's more... Comforting to the human psyche. To a child's psyche. That there's a rational explanation for every spooky story. Or that these things are real.
1: That these things do live in the unseen corners of our world. Until they want to make themselves be seen. Remember that door was opening and closing. Whatever was in that hallway wanted Billy to check wanted Billy to step into that dark long hallway deadrabbitradio at
0: gmail.com is going to be our email address you can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio tiktok is at deadrabbitradio Radio Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast you don't have to listen to it every day I'm glad you listened to it today it's good to be back guys have a great one